This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That Delighted to be joined by a man who made an impact in Scottish football just as much as he did in English football. He's revered by Celtic fans in Scotland and all over the globe. Alan Thompson, thanks for joining me. No problem. Happy to be here. The, the first thing I want to talk to you about is briefly just sum up your memories of English football, because as I say in the intro, so many of us remember you from your time in Scotland, but English football was a big part of your life as a player. Yeah, it was. And obviously, being a young lad growing up in Newcastle, um, I was brought up around football, watching football. Um, there obviously wasn't as much football on the television when I was young to what it is now. You can watch football 24-7 nowadays. But back then, it was like maybe a Sunday lunchtime or a late Saturday night thing. Um, so grew up with football, really. And then just to have the opportunity to actually to, to end up being a professional footballer was... Um, I know it's a common saying, but it is dream come true, you know, and it's, you've got to pinch yourself sometimes when you're out there to um, playing in front of these these big crowds and these passionate supporters. It's just an absolute pleasure. I think the statistic goes is it's 0.0012% of young footballers make it in the English Premier League. You've played at that level. How proud does that make you? Oh, extremely proud. Um, you know, no one can take that from you. And, um, played at Premier League level, played Championship level, and, and played League One level with with Leeds and Hartlepool as well. So I played through the divisions, but to play in the top division is um, against the top top world class players that I did was an absolute dream come true. Absolutely. And then uh, and now I've got two young, I've I've got two young uh, relatives at Newcastle now, Matty and Sean Longstaff, who are brothers. And what's the odds on two brothers becoming Premier League footballers? You know, it's it's very slim and, and being from the same family, it's um, very unusual. It is unusual. And, and you mentioned both of the, the Longstaff lads and, and I'm glad to hear that they're doing well and that they're family members of yours. Do, do they reach out to you for advice? Do you speak to them and just maybe give them some advice based on your experience? Um, I have given them a little bit in the past. Um the last 12 months were locked down. I've not spoken to them and um, played golf with them a little bit before all the, the COVID kicked in and what have you. And yeah, we spoke on the golf course about ups and downs that I had in my career and that they'll face in their career. I know they are a little bit at the moment because they're not in the team. So um, yeah, the, the, they've got my number. If I don't pester them, um, I do sometimes when I need tickets, but tickets on <laughs> um, an issue at the minute. So um, now they've got my number. If they need any advice, they know where I am. In terms of yourself and the move to Celtic, Celtic, of course, are a massive club. When you were growing up as a boy, was Celtic one of the sides that you kept an eye on? Did you keep an eye on Scottish football at all? Yeah, yeah, kept an eye on Scottish football. Had a had a thing for for Rangers and Celtic. You know, we everyone in the Newcastle um, Gallagher end. When I used to stand in the Gallagher end, there was always a, a Rangers section and a Celtic section, and you used to shout Rangers Celtic. You know, when you you're watching a Newcastle game. 
So it was pretty weird. People shouting Rangers and people shouting Celtic from one end to the ground to the other. It was quite odd. So um, no, there was, it was quite a big following of the old firm clubs in Newcastle. So um, yeah, I kept an eye on it. You, you moved to Celtic, massive club. Um, you had an incredible spell at the club, winning trophies, playing with some great footballers like Henrik Larsson, uh, Chris Sutton, many, many others as well, of course. What, what are your memories of Celtic? Because you had incredible success as a player. Um, I think memories, I think when you talk about it, I think just the intensity. Um, it was I'd played for big clubs before, being at Celtic, um, Newcastle, Aston Villa. And then even after Celtic, Leeds United, still a massive club. And um, it's just the intensity of it um, and the intensity of the city. And I, I thrived off that. I loved it. Um, and, and just couldn't get enough of that, to be honest. It was um, especially the big games, the old firm games, European games. Uh, I really did get a big buzz off it, you know. But even going to like uh, Easter Road and Tynecastle, you know, tough places to go, compact, um, supporters on your back, giving you a stick. And that's just something I really enjoyed. Some people do and some people don't. And I, I got a buzz off it. You scored some memorable goals. A lot of people talk to you about your goal against Liverpool. They talk to you about your goals against Rangers. Without talking about those moments specifically, because as, as we'll come to later, that you've got an upcoming book, which we're all desperate to read. Just sum up what the, the feeling of scoring a goal is like, because so many Celtic fans, Villa fans, Newcastle fans, Bolton fans that watched you will think, how did it feel when you scored those great goals for our clubs? Um, ah, it's, it's difficult to describe. Um, I scored obviously a, a goal for Celtic against Liverpool at Anfield in the UEFA Cup run, and um, it's great when you score and you win. Um, I scored a couple of goals for Bolton against Liverpool, both at the um, cop end, and uh, no one at the cop end and one at Wembley. And we lost them two games that I scored against Liverpool. Um, so when you score a goal and you win the game, that makes it that little bit more special, without a doubt. One of the things that, that you've been able to do, Chris Sutton has been able to do as well, was get an England cap under your belt, especially while you were playing for Celtic. To represent your country is something that is pride of place for any player, but when you consider the talent that England had when you represented them, that was a so-called golden generation, yet you were still able to get that international recognition. How proud does that make you as, as, as a part of your career that nobody can take away from you? Well, I think as a kid, I, I played in the in the youth teams and then the uh, under twenty one team, um, and I think to take that step to the next level took me a few years from under twenty one level to senior level. Um, I was, I think, I was um, thirty, nearly thirty, I think, when I got my cap. Um, and yes, it was a golden generation. There was Lampard, Gerrard, Rooney, um, but there wasn't an awful lot of left siders at the time. Um, so. I, I personally thought I deserved the call-up before I did. I thought I'd been doing well enough at Celtic for a, a long period of time um, at a good level, um, especially European games and stuff like that. So it was a bit of a surprise that I, I only got one cap, but like you say, you can't take that away from me. You, you certainly can. And after your playing career, you go into coaching. You've coached at Celtic. You've coached down south as well. You've been successful as a coach and been part of title-winning sides with Celtic. I mean, the current sort of nine-in-a-row period that Celtic are on, you, you were a big part in the early years of that. What's it like when you achieve success compared to when you play as a coach, rather when you compared to when you achieve it as a player? Um, I think you appreciate it more when you're a coach. Um, 
think you're a bit older. I think it get you get a little bit blase when you're younger. Um, I wish we'd have celebrated more as players when when I was a player. Um, that's just saying the internet's, internet's unstable, but can you hear me still? Yeah, I can still hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, I think you. When, I think when you're a coach or a manager, I've not been a manager, but as a coach, when I was part of Lenny's backroom team, I think you appreciate it more. Um, as I said, I think you get a bit blasé as a player, and you you get a little bit embarrassed about celebrating when you're a player. I don't know why, um, but if we could turn the clocks back and um, just savour the moment a bit more when you're a player, and the, the, what I actually did, be interesting to see what other players say, um, but. The memories are very vague about celebrating when you've got trophies on the pitch after the game and in the dressing rooms. They're very vague. Just wish you could have savoured the moment a little bit more. You talked about being part of, of Neil Lennon's staff and winning those league titles. You also mentioned the fact that you've not been a manager. Is that something that one day you still have the desire to do? Yeah, I've always fancied it. I've, I've always loved the coaching side of it. I was interested in coaches when I was a player. The, the, the way they went about the business, how the players uh, they put on the training ground. And I love getting out, putting sessions on and coaching players, whether it be young players, 18-year-olds, or whether it be first-team players, mid-20s, 30s. I loved it. And, yeah, it's something management in the future. If, if I had the opportunity, I might have to start lower down, but it's something that I'd be willing to do. And um, I think I've got a lot to give because it's something I really enjoy. I'm passionate about it. I miss it. Haven't been involved for a while now, but it's something that I have to do in the future. Yeah. In terms of uh, the here and now, when it comes to football, who are the the players and the teams maybe at the top level that you enjoy watching? I mean, a lot of people, as we speak, are are waxing lyrical about PSG and Kelly and Mbappe. Who do you enjoy watching? Um, for the last few years, um, when David Silva was at uh, Man City. Um, I would have paid to watch him. I just thought he was a little magician on the, you know, he's always available, doesn't want to lose, keeps possession, creates chances, scores goals, just makes a full team tick. Um, so him, him when he was at City, I loved watching. Um, and then you've got the obvious Ronaldo, just because he's a machine. Um, Messi, because he's a bit special. Um, but then there's a young lad at Man City now, Phil Foden. So when Man City, Man City, because I love watching him, um, I think he's got a very bright future. In, in terms of the, the coaches that are in the game now, you think of Klopp, you think of Mourinho, you think of Guardiola, there's so many of these so-called super coaches. If you could have played for any one of them, is there a particular one that you think you'd have preferred to the others? Yeah, I think, I think Jurgen Klopp, I think... Um, I think his intensity, um, the way he wants his teams to play, you get you get the impression from Klopp that the players really want to play for him. You know, when when the backs are up against the wall, I think they can look to him. I think he's an inspiration to the players. I think he's an inspiration to the, the Liverpool supporters. I think he's been a breath of fresh air to English football. Um, I love his press conferences. I love his mannerisms, his passion on the touchline. And as I said, the intensity in which Liverpool play their football over the last few years, Obviously not going as well at the moment, but um, yeah, I think he would be a, a, a manager that players would really want to play for. Last couple of questions for you, Alan. Based on your experiences as a player and coach, if a young player was to come to you and ask for some advice, what, what advice would you give them if they want to achieve a career in the game? 
Um, to work hard um, on all aspects of your game. If you've got a weakness, try and improve the weakness, try and get it to a next level. Um, listen to, to senior players, listen to coaches. Um, try, just be a student of the game, you know, and, and, and just get as much information as a young player. Be a sponge, you know, if, if you want to, if you want to start your coaching badges in your mid twenties, start them. Start being a student of the game because there's so much. You never stop learning. Um, there's so much footage you can get now online, internet, um, psychology, um, media work. So no, just just be a sponge and get as much information and work as hard as you can on the training ground in the gym. Be as fit as you can, and. And basically just work as hard as possible. Give yourself every possible chance to be as good as you can possibly be. And the last question I've got for you, um, in terms of yourself, you've got a book coming out at some point, hopefully this year, A Geordie Boy, um, all about your time and at Celtic and also all about your time across English football and coaching as well. How excited are you to be involved in that project and have your own book? Because as a fan, I must be honest and say I, I can't wait to read it. Well, it, it's, it's interesting actually. I stumbled across the company who, who are going to, the author who's going to do it and, and the publishers who are going to do it. And they said to me, they said, why have you taken so long to do it? You know, with Chris Sutton, Neil Lennon, Stillian Petroff, John Hartson, they've all done books. Why haven't you? And I've just never felt the time's right. And I'm just at a stage now where I just think, you know, I've had a lot of ups and downs over the last few years. And I just I just think the time's right now to talk about it. And it won't just be about Celtic, it'll be about a young lad growing up in Newcastle, um, going to certain clubs as a, as a teenager on trial, Man United, Tottenham, Chelsea. Um, and it'll be about all that. It'll be about a car crash when I was 16, how lucky I was to be alive. Um, and then the progression to, to becoming a professional footballer, Newcastle, Bolton, Aston Villa, onto Celtic and beyond. So it'll it'll cover all the bases. It won't just be about Celtic. There'll be a, a big chunk of it about Celtic because that played a massive, massive part of my career. But it'll it'll cover all the bases, all the clubs, and then life after football up until the present day as well. So I'm looking forward to it, excited. A um, little bit apprehensive also, but I've not done anything like this before, but... Obviously, a lot of other people have and, you know, spoke to a lot of people about it. And it's something I'm really looking forward to. And in terms of the book, um, obviously, let us know when it's coming out and we'll be sure to, to promote it. God willing, with, with coronavirus and, and, and certain things like that, if that calms down and we can get to events, could we see you back in Scotland for a few signings and the, the opportunity to, to, for fans to, to be able to listen to some of the stories live? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll be out and about. Hopefully the COVID um, vaccine will be out and about by then and we'll be able to get some kind of normality back in our lives. And yeah, I'll be out. I'll um, already been speaking to people about going to Dublin, Belfast, uh, Glasgow, um, Edinburgh. So yeah, I'll be out and about Newcastle. Um, uh, so I'll be out and about doing signings and chatting to people and yeah, speaking to people face to face. I think that's what it's all about. Brilliant. Alan, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate your time. No problem. Thanks for having us. So we'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a